Hello, friends, and welcome to Somewhat Useful. I'm Christy Price. And I'm Will Myers. And we'll be discussing the topic shaping the world of digital entrepreneurship and tackling questions about Squarespace and web design. We're figuring out this world one website at a time and hope you find this at least somewhat useful. In today's episode, we're going to talk about pivots and trying out new things in your business. But first, Christy, it is the New Year's, and that means New Year's resolutions. Are you one of the people that likes New Year's resolutions or doesn't like them? Happy New Year, Will, and everybody Happy who's New listening. Um, I It depends on the year for me. So yeah. if there's something clear that's like a clear step that I want to take personally or professionally, then I'll set a New Year's resolution. So for 2024, it's a personal one. I mm. am giving up Diet Coke. Diet Coke? Yeah. Yeah. So I used to drink it uh, when I was younger and I gave it up and it was really the hardest thing I've ever given up. It was so difficult. And then during the pandemic, I picked it up again and here we are four years later. Unhealthy for you? Do you just not feel great when you do it or what's the reason? Have you looked at the ingredients? No, don't. Don't. Yeah. Don't make me. Come on. Come on. I don't think I should be putting those things in my body. So it for me, it's health reasons. Yeah. I I totally get that. When I was in college, I would do, I would wake, this is like the worst thing I've done for my body. And I did it for like a long time, but I would wake up to five hour energy shots. Oh yeah. I would would roll over in the bed. It was like 6 a.m., rip a five hour energy shot, Mm -hmm. go back to sleep for like two minutes and then wake up and you are alert and ready to go. go. But that can't be good for you. I did all this research because I was like, this is probably not good. I probably shouldn't be doing this to myself. And all the research said, no, it's fine. But it was one of those things, you know, in like 40 years, it's going to be huge recalls and a lot of litigation and stuff because you just shouldn't be doing that to yourself. So good on you. For making better choices with what you put in your body. That's Thank good. Thank you. So if you see me with a Diet Coke, please knock it out of my hand. Slap <laughs> it out of your hand. Just slap <laughs> it out of there. That's good. Do you have any for your business or just personal? No, just personal. So I feel like one is about all I can handle. <laughs> so that's what I've got. How about you? Well, do you set resolutions? Do you have one for this year? You know, personally, I don't find them very helpful. Like you are, you're either going to do something in which you probably shouldn't wait for like the new year to do it. If you want to do something, you just need to do it uh, or figure out a plan to do it because you don't just set a resolution and it happens. But one, the the new year's gives me a lot of time to read. And so I've been reading this book called Deep Work by Cal Newport. Ooh, it's really that's on good. My list. Oh, it's really good. I really like it because I really feel like I'm struggling with just shallow work. And and shallow work in this book is just like a bunch of emails, stuff that isn't consequential for your development or your business's growth. Stuff that you do that doesn't move the needle. Right. It just yeah. doesn't move the needle. Right. So that's that's a big, it's not really a goal, but just to try to be doing more deep work, focused time where I'm not jumping into emails, looking at social media, messaging people, just like really drill down and focus on work. So that's, that's a big one for 2024. I love that. That echoes something I learned from you last year, Will, because you were an inspiration to me because you have set times that you check your email. Your email is not Mm. open all day. And so I've been trying that out and it frees up my brain to an incredible extent. So I'm excited to see what else you learned from Cal and put into action. Well, there we go. 
I will just share it. If there's anything else, if I learn another <laughs> thing, I'll share it. Awesome. But yeah, emails, huge distraction, huge distraction. Well, let's let's move on to some quick tips, Christy. You've yeah. put together four quick tips for us in this new year just to get us going quick. Why don't we talk about these? Yeah, so just really quick things, actionable items. So if you have a pen handy, you can jot these down for later or listen to if the you episode don't, again. Just log it. Just log it in the little noodle there. Uh, first of all, if you haven't already updated your copyright on your website this year, just remember to do that the next time you log in. Um, there's nothing worse than looking at a website and the copyright is like, you know, 2002. So just make sure that <laughs> right. you keep oh, relatively okay. up to date with that. So I will steal all this then if it's yeah, 20 <laughs> years old. There you go. Another thing is this is for people who have an LLC. And I know a lot of people who listen to us do have an LLC for their business. Mm. So this year, there's a new reporting requirement that went into effect that requires small businesses to file a report with the U.S. Department of Treasury's Financial Crimes Enforcement Network. That is a Ooh, mouthful. Um, sure is. What you're going to Google is the BOI report, the Beneficial Ownership Information Report. Just make sure that you file that this year. And I think earlier the better. I don't know the exact date, but it's but something you got to do. Know. Yeah. And hopefully you're, I guess, accountant or someone, or I guess, no, this is all on you. <laughs> yeah. This is just filing report. Oh, yeah. man. Yeah. This I'm sure if you have like an attorney who helped you with your LLC, they'll reach out, but maybe. I don't yeah. know. U.S. Department of Treasury's Financial Crimes Enforcement Network. Yeah. Mm, don't you love bureaucracy? FinCEN? <laughs> FinCEN. FinCEN. There we go. The BOI report. The boy report. It's like a boy band. The boy. <laughs> yeah. The boy report. Don't forget to do your boy report, people. <laughs> And the last two quick tips are Squarespace specific. So the first is if you haven't turned on clickjack protection for your site, you definitely want to enable that. It protects your site and visitors from UI redress attacks, which is clickjacking, which are basically attempts to trick visitors into clicking a link that takes action on another hidden site. So you turn that on under developer tools, website protection, and just make sure it's toggled on. Mm -hmm. And that just sounds like a good thing to do. To be totally honest, I've looked into this. I'm not sure what clickjacking is. I'm trying to, or, and specifically, like, what would be an example of how this could happen on Squarespace? This is definitely not saying you shouldn't turn this on, turn this on, but. I am not sure how it would happen on Squarespace. I feel like I've seen it on WordPress websites. Oh, yeah, definitely on WordPress. So but I don't interesting. know. There we go. But turn it on. Turn it on. <laughs> clickjack. Protect yourself from clickjackers. That's right. And then finally, if you would like to prevent AI scans of your website, Squarespace now has the toggle for you to turn that on too. And that's under settings, crawlers, artificial intelligence crawlers. So you'll find that under your settings panel in Squarespace. So if you Perfect. don't want ChatGPT, Bard, all those other AIs to crawl your website for content they can use, you can prevent that. You can disable that. And I've gone in and dis disabled this. But I'm not 100% certain that I should. I am torn about this too. Because I feel like this is what people would have said back in the early 2000s about robots.txt files. Mm -hmm. like, mm -hmm. And not wanting Google to crawl. And obviously we all want Google to crawl our websites today. And I feel like right now it's right to turn it off. But I'm, mm -hmm. I'm just, I'm not certain about that. 
You know? I, I'm really curious because I think the more savvy people in general will turn it off. And that means the less savvy people who might not have correct information will leave it on. And then what does that do to the AIs? Yeah. yeah. I don't know. Yeah, I don't know. I really don't know. I'm I'm super curious to see how this whole AI thing plays out in the Me next too. Honestly, year. We're going to see it by the end of this year. Is this where we say we welcome our robot overlords? Oh, all the time. <laughs> we all we love our robot overlords. For just for the record, we love them. Well, thank you for the four quick tips. Yeah. Those are very helpful. SEO can be confusing, and knowing how to get your Squarespace site to rank higher on search engines can be a headache, especially with so much misinformation out there. That's why SEO Space made the SEO plugin for Squarespace, a jargon-free extension that tells you step-by-step -step how to rank higher on Google, proven to help boost your organic traffic by 68% in just two months. It's been used by over 3,000 Squarespace website owners, designers, and agencies. And they recently released a huge update, which allows you to get a site-wide SEO score and guidance in minutes with automatic monitoring that saves you time and money so that you can get back to focusing on your core business. They have a seven-day free trial, so you can get started at seospace.co.uk and make ranking higher on Google easier than ever before. Let's jump into our main topic for today, which is pivots. We're going to talk about some pivots we've made, why we made them, and why we think maybe they worked out for us, or maybe they didn't. Mm -hmm. uh, then Christy will tell us a little bit about a pivot she's making this year, uh, and I'll interrogate her a little bit about what that is. <laughs> so Christy, why don't you start us off and tell us a little bit about a successful pivot that you've made in your business in the past. Yeah, so, uh, well, you know that I was a website designer developer from way back. Mm -hmm. So I've been doing it a long time. Um, originally, I coded things by hand. And then for years, I worked in WordPress. And 2017, 2018, those were the years that I was deciding that WordPress was probably not the best fit for the kind of clients that I wanted to work with. So in 2017, early 2018, I built websites in all of the builders that I could find. Long story short, landed on Squarespace and went all in. So I decided I'm only going to work on the Squarespace platform. I want to become an expert in one thing. And it was a big pivot for my business because it was a big platform change, totally different in the way I was looking for clients, approaching how I built websites because it was on Squarespace instead of WordPress. And well, you've done both. You know, right. it's it's a it's a pretty it's a sea change. Like it's a very Oh, it's a it's massive a, change. Yeah. yeah. It's like it's learning a totally different software and way to do things. Yeah, yeah. It really is. In 2018, that's when I launched my website, Squarespace Web Designer, and went all in. So, well, okay, I want to bring you back to the beginning of this. Like, what was it? You said your clients, WordPress wasn't good for your clients. Mm -hmm. I want to kind of dig into what precipitated this change. You said your clients. Was there also anything like you were feeling or was it wholly just your, it wasn't good for your clients? Well, it had been an idea that was kind of at the back of my mind for a while because I love working with micro businesses solopreneurs, and they all hated WordPress. Nobody wanted to log in and update things themselves. And they weren't willing to really pay a monthly fee for maintenance. And so I would try and teach them how to go in and update plugins. 
and keep everything up to date, like you have to do with WordPress, teach them how to make changes on their website. And they yeah. were really, really resistant. Yeah. And I think the moment that I'm like, I am done with this was when our, um, I knew a worship pastor and he had a website for uh, some of the recordings that he'd done, music recordings. And he's like, my site's really slow. I don't know what's going on. And then I went in the back end of WordPress and you can see like he had gotten hacked and there were all of these links to, let's just say very bad websites. <laughs> and I'm like, <laughs> Stephen, yes. I'm not going to tell you what's happening here, but we need to just move you off of yeah. WordPress because this is just not <laughs> for you. Yeah, he's not a good look here, but I had to go into the database and clean up all of these links. <sighs> and at that moment, I'm like, I am never doing this again. I hate this. Yeah. I hate this. And people don't understand the amount of time it takes to do that. It's hard to charge for it. Right. It's hard to get people to pay preventatively for that kind of maintenance. And so it was at that moment when I'm like digging through these links to websites that I will not mention here, that I was just like, I'm done. <laughs> okay. I am done. We're done. And wait, so is this the, when you say digging through the database, was this the SQL like uh -huh. backend? Yep. So for anyone who doesn't know, WordPress allows you like full control of everything on your website. And this is a terrifying database to go in and delete <laughs> stuff. Because if you delete the wrong thing, like everything breaks. Mm -hmm. You have to start like everything from scratch. And so yep. it's just terrifying doing anything in this area. <laughs> I am so sorry. That sounds that sounds like a rough, rough WordPress experience. I don't blame you for wanting to switch. I mean, at the end of the WordPress work I was doing, I felt like Eeyore. It's like, well, I guess. <laughs> I Yeah, there's one website that we're working in. It's a membership website. So that's why we're using WordPress to use some of their membership functionality. Oh, and it's just a drudge. It is just such a drudge getting in there, moving stuff around. I cannot stand WordPress. I'm glad I was not, I never had to do that in, in any sort of like big way. Yeah, it's, it was a great thing because it, now I'm where I am today because of those experiences. Right. So in the moment it was like, this is terrible. I need to figure out something else. And, you know, there are two ways that I could have gone, right? I could have gone like, I'm only going to do WordPress websites for clients that will pay me ongoing maintenance every month. And if you want to build an agency and that sort of thing, that's a great path for you because you're getting ongoing fees from clients to maintain their website, to go in and update the plugins and make sure there are no nefarious links. Right. But for me, that's not the direction I wanted to go. I wanted to do something where I could go, here's your website. Let me show you how to use it. Let me know if you need help in the future. Adios, which for me, and my brain feels better. Yeah. So I feel like there are a lot of different options. You know, when you pivot, there's not just one direction. There are a lot of directions you could go, but it was the right one for me. Well, that's that in my estimation is the number one benefit of Squarespace too. And it's hard to articulate that to clients, but mm -hmm. the handoff ability of yes. Squarespace is better than any other platform out there. You can build a website easily handed off to a client with with little training. It's very intuitive how to change and update things. Mm -hmm. It's a nice little back end for them to edit yep. things on. But it's hard to articulate that for people looking for website platforms to build their websites on. No, that's not like a, a key feature people are looking for is like how easily can I hand it off to a client. Right. But argue, I think it's the, one of the most important features. Certainly, if you are thinking about becoming a web designer or you are a web designer and you're exploring platforms, I... 100% agree with Will. Squarespace is 
it has that ability to, with very minimal time and effort, show somebody how to go in and update words and images on their website. Right, right. Okay, well, let's move on. I kind of know the answer to this question, but Uh was this a successful pivot? Yes, it was. Yes. Uh (laughs) Absolutely. I think mostly because I went into it with this joy of having found a platform that I loved and that came across to potential clients. It's like, oh, she really likes her job. <laughs> right. right. It does. Yeah, it does come across and it is it is important. Right. <laughs> yeah. So I think I think that's the main reason um, it was successful initially. And then, you know, I started creating content around the things that I was learning when I was figuring out Squarespace. And my blog is I credit with most of my success today is creating a blog that was helpful to other people, that's helped boost my visibility in search results. And yeah, so I think I think yeah. the blog and just, just being joyful about it are what made it successful. Yeah, and jo- it's easy to forget that like the one of the most important things in your job is making sure you enjoy it. Yeah. And it was like a Steve Jobs quote, I think. Like if you wake up enough days in a row not wanting to go to work, you need to make a change or something like that, something like that. And it really does come across to your clients. It comes across in your blog and your writing if you're not into, if you don't love what you're doing. So we're talking to someone who's thinking about maybe making a pivot in their business today. Like what would you have done different if if you were to go back and go from WordPress to Squarespace? Is there is there anything? Or did you do it perfect? Did you just nail it? I did not do it. I did it messy. I did it so messy. (laughs) So I jumped in and I wanted to learn Squarespace and I needed clients. So I actually, I think we, I may have told the story on the podcast before, but there was a company at the time called 60 who hired Squarespace experts and people would schedule an hour with you and you'd screen share and you'd help them with whatever problem they were having with their Squarespace website. So I applied to 60 and I'm like, I am a Squarespace expert. I mean, I built like two websites in Squarespace. I knew so very little, (laughs) but bluffed my way through the interviews. And the, the beauty of this was that people would fill out a very informative questionnaire before they booked with you. So you knew exactly what they needed help with. Mm. So it was an hour on the screen with them, but those early clients, I was spending like three, four hours before the call learning what I needed to know so that when they showed up, I could show them how to do it in a way that made sense and was clear and efficient. Right. And I was learning it as I went. So I think, you know, maybe if I had had more time, you know, who of us has all the time in the world, I would have really learned that on my own without having to bluff my way into a job. No, but, but you you kind of needed that pressure though to I be did. like, okay, yeah. you kind of need that. I think that that's a brilliant way to do that. Actually, that's, <laughs> I think that's really smart. <laughs> I think that's really smart. Thank you. Thanks. Yeah. I think I would have joined more Squarespace communities earlier. Mm. I didn't find those initially. Uh, so I think whatever platform you're using, whatever work you're doing, to be able to join a community where there are other people with the same challenges, the same processes that you can learn from is hugely important. And I wish I'd done that earlier. Yeah. Yeah. 100%. There's some there's some great ones. There's the Facebook ones. There's the forum. I wish I had gotten into the forum, the Squarespace forum. But I will say the Squarespace forum has gotten substantially better in just the last couple of years. It probably wasn't nearly as robust. It's amazing. 
And I think, Will, you may be referring especially to the circle part of the forum. So mm -hmm. on Squarespace, after you've built three sites forum. Yep. that are paid, that have paid hosting on them, you don't have to be the site owner. You just have to be on the site as an administrator. Yep. Then you can have access to all the circle resources. And one of those is a circle forum, which is where we get a ton of information about what's coming down the pipeline for Squarespace. Yep. Um, if you have questions, it's a great place to go and get those answered. Yeah, it's a fantastic, great little community there. Mm -hmm. Great little community, totally. All right, uh, Will, I'm curious about a pivot that you made. So you actually used to work as a web designer as well. Yes, yeah. And then you decided to pivot to focus on your plugin shop. So Will creates amazing plugins for Squarespace. So things like... Uh, the ability to add a mega menu to your website. So Squarespace doesn't offer um, nestable dropdowns. So Will has a workaround mm -hmm. for that. It's a mega menu. Will I use a lot of your plugins a lot of the time. Well, um, another one that you've created that I love is uh, Section Loader Supreme. Yes, thanks to you. A lot of help from you in building <laughs> that. Thank you. Well, I use it all the time. You create a section and then you can plug it in across your website change it in one place and it updates everywhere. So perfect for email marketing, um, lead magnets for sales that you're running. Really, mm -hmm. it's just fantastic. And I won't go into all of your other plugins. There are so many, but they're all amazing. Thank you. You're making me blush. So I'm curious about your pivot. Why did you make the pivot? That's my first question. You know, so so Ren and I, Ren, my wife, we we had our web design company, Otis, mm -hmm. it, when we still have it. But this was back in 2019. And we were building websites for people and just going through that whole process of designing a website, building it in Squarespace, all that. But we weren't really enjoying. We weren't like waking up and like, oh, I love this work. We, it, we just wasn't there. There felt like something missing. And I slowly started to get into coding more. It was more like, oh, what a could we build this? Could we build that? And like you, I just started randomly blogging because I was like, oh, this is interesting. I should share some of this. Mm -hmm. Someone asked about how to build a slider. And I was like, well, let me build one. And then I was like, oh, I could just package this into a little quote unquote plugin and sell this and see if anyone buys it. So I threw it up and the first weekend had like three or four sales. And I was like, oh, this is really oh, fun. Exciting. This transition from web design to plugins was very unintentional. It mm -hmm. just slowly started to happen. And I started to shift a lot of my focus once I realized that, oh, there's some little bit of a business opportunity. And I love coding. I love this stuff. I, I didn't realize how much I loved coding until... Uh -huh. I really got into it. And that's what really focused all of my energy over to that was that realization, oh, this is something I love to do and I can make money. That's something really similar in our stories is like leaning into that joy and that love of doing something. Yeah. Yeah. There was a long period of like, this is frustrating. Dissatisfaction. This is, like, I really yeah. don't enjoy what's going on over here. And then over the course of that year, I saw the success of the slider. And then I built three or four more. And I think I got to like 10 by the end of that year. And it ended up being a substantial part of our our whole business revenue, maybe about 50-50, you know, by the end of the year. That's phenomenal. I just kind of followed what I loved doing. And I followed where customers were like, oh, yeah, I want this as well. I mean, it, there had to be that match there, right? 
Were you surprised at that revenue split? Were you expecting to see the plugins take off like that? Not really, because I really didn't know what I was doing, like mm -hmm. at all. I was really just kind of like <laughs> making it up ad hoc. I was very surprised and also just surprised with how big the internet is. Like just someone who doesn't really know me coming to my website and buying something for $10, $20 at the time. I will say your price point is very accessible. It is a very accessible price point. But I I just loved it. And I think that the the pivot over, the idea of moving over to plugins was successful. But there's definitely a lot I would have done different. <laughs> like in that in yeah, that process. What, what would you have done differently? I'm curious because it sounds like it was really successful. It Well, it, it was successful in the fact that it became successful. I think it could have been a lot more than what it became. And I just think there's a better way I could have handled it. So Ren and I were doing Otis at the time, building websites. So we're that's another interesting fact about all this. We're like a, a married couple running a business, mm -hmm. uh, which there are more and more people doing that together these days. I'm seeing tons of people doing it. But I just kind of left her with the whole Otis thing. I I <laughs> thought we both, remember at the beginning of my story, we both, both weren't enjoying the website building thing. And I was the developer on the projects when they did come. And I kind of shifted all of my focus over to plugins and kind of just left her in the lurch over there. And that business, the plugin business, would have done a lot better with her into it. If she, if, if there was more of like an intentional, okay, we're shifting our focus instead of me shifting my focus. And I, I know Ren. So the more Ren, mm -hmm. the better anything is going to be. You, you know, that is, I, I'm told that often in my life. <laughs> I'm told that often. Uh, and it, it absolutely would have been better. And I just kind of left her over there. So that's like just communicating more about what I'm doing. I was very haphazard about it. It was just, mm -hmm. Let's just follow my passion and whatever I like and just not really think or be strategic. And it was just a bit random. I mean, it, it got me to the new plugins, but it would have been better all around if there was more of like an intentional conversation and then we moved over there, you know? Yeah. So just communication. In I, I would have communicated. Yeah. 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 But I think what's really interesting is that there are two commonalities between our stories, Will, our pivots. One is that we both leaned into something that we found fun and exciting. Like we were moving yeah. from something that just felt like a, a drudgery. Dull and draining. Yeah. Right. Yeah. To something that we found exciting and fun. So leaning into the fun, leaning into the joy. And the second thing is neither of us really knew what we were doing. We just kind of figured it out as we went along. You're right. Actually, in both of our stories, it is much more of just kind of following a feeling rather than yeah. let's sit down and pencil this all out. Let's learn this thing solidly and then create a business. It's like, you know what? I'm going to work on this and see where it goes. Right. Because like you said, your clients are going to see your joy. If you don't enjoy it, mm -hmm. like none, a pivot's not <laughs> worth it if you're not going to enjoy it. Right. So yeah. Another pivot we've had a front row seat for, our friend Kirsten Martin has very recently pivoted from work as a Squarespace educator to a calm business educator. Kirsten, we'd love for you to tell us why you made the pivot and some of the highs and lows so far. Hello, dear friends, and thank you for inviting me today to talk about pivoting. I've been teaching Squarespace for the last eight years, and I love Squarespace. But as many of you know, they've been making a lot of platform updates and changes 
they have a iterative design approach, which means that changes happen fairly frequently and quickly. As a teacher with pre-recorded uh, online tutorials, that's just become quite difficult to manage. And I always had to, you know, go and find the place in my course where I was talking about this feature and then change it. And as a result, I just was working very reactively all the time. And I did not enjoy that. That did not feel calm to me. And I'm all about calm business <laughs> these days. And to me, it means running a lean business with a simple tech stack and with a focus on, you know, kindness and inclusivity and integrity. It's very much a philosophy and you can certainly find out more about that on my website on mycalmbusiness.com. But what I wanted to share with you is, you know, five tips for pivoting, you know, that I have learned over the well, last 10 years and having done three pivots, you know, what are the things to watch out for? I think it's actually quite normal for us entrepreneurs to pivot in business. And the biggest lesson is probably, you know, to ignore the fears and to trust uh, our intu intuition. Um, you know, especially with my current pivot from teaching Squarespace to teaching Calm Business courses, there were many moments, you know, where I was freaking out, where I was feeling unsure and I was scared to lose money. I didn't know, you know, what would be the impact on my students and, um, you know, and everything I had built up to that point, um, you know, would it all just fall apart? But I kept going, you know, because deep down I knew that I was on the right path and uh, I emerged from a long, long sticky middle you know, with clarity and purpose, you know, and from then on, this pivot actually became, it's kind of like its own own big wave. And now I'm just riding the wave and things just fall into place, you know, once you have that point of clarity and purpose. So trust your intuition and kind of ignore the fears and uh, because it will be worth it. Tip number two is don't be afraid to experiment. As I mentioned earlier, you know, I uh, experimented well for 12 months when I pivoted from one-on-one -on -one client work to full-time teaching. And um, I was fully prepared to go back to web design if needed. And, um, but it all worked out, you know, but it's always good to think about it, give yourself a, you know, set yourself a timeline, uh, some objectives that you want to achieve and have a backup plan in case the pivot fails. Number three, have a safety net. Uh, this is probably one of the most under-discussed aspects of entrepreneurship. You know, it's hard to focus on launching or growing a business when you constantly have to worry about covering the basics of living, you know, such as rent and food and general living expenses um, in my case, my husband is my safety net, you know, both financially and emotionally. We are hashtag Team Martin <laughs> and neither of us makes, you know, big decisions without talking about it first. Now, having a partner is probably the most common safety net, but there are others too, you know, have enough savings for six to 12 months, the support of your parents or your family, you know, knowing that they will catch you if you fall a part-time job that covers the basics, maybe the confidence that you can always get a regular job again if it all fails. 
and also playing out the worst case scenario and making a list of potential safeguards. So definitely have a look at your safety net, you know, if you're thinking of pivoting. Number four, get help. You know, even as a solopreneur, we rarely do this alone. So don't be afraid to reach out to your business friends or peers, do some coaching, you know, get a mentor and help uh, that will, you know, support you through the sticky parts of your pivot. And uh, this is certainly something I have done with my third pivot now. You know, the other two kind of I made the decision and then I just went with it. Whereas this one here needed a lot more thought and uh, strategy as well. And then the last one, which is also a really important one, is remember your why. You know, why are you doing this and why do you want to make this change? You know, whenever you feel scared or full of doubt, and you will, <laughs> uh, whenever you feel overwhelmed by it all, come back to your center and remember your why. You know, why do you want to pivot? What is on the other side of it? What will your life look like after you have successfully completed it? And what will it feel like? Connect with that part and then keep going. And trust me, it will be worth it. Thank you so much for listening. If you want to find out more about Calm Business, just go to mycalmbusiness.com and uh, reach out to me if you have any questions. Thank you, Christy and Will. Bye. Love Kirsten. She's the best, isn't she? She's just like an OG of Squarespace. I know. And so kind and giving with her knowledge. Mm -hmm. She really is. Well, Here's to leaning into joy and figuring things out as you go. Absolutely. And that is a great place to leave us. Welcome, everyone, to 2024. We hope this is a great year for y'all. That is it for today's episode. Thank you so much for listening. We hope you found this at least somewhat useful. Be sure to subscribe. And if you really like us, leave us a nice little five-star review that really helps us grow the podcast. Thanks again. Thank you. We'll see you next time. Want your Squarespace website to rank higher on Google? Try out SEO Space, the SEO plugin for Squarespace, a jargon-free extension that tells you step-by-step -step how to rank higher on Google. You can get a site-wide SEO score and guidance in minutes with automatic monitoring that saves you time and money so that you can focus on your core business. Try out SEO Space for a seven-day free trial at seospace.co.uk and make ranking higher on Google easier than ever before.